and the reading is from Judges chapter 6 and verse 25. And um, Gideon, as God has just said to him, the Lord is peace. That same night, the Lord said to Gideon, take the second bull from your father's herd, the one seven years old. Tear down your father's altar to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God on top of this height. Using the wood of the Asherah pole that you cut down, offer the second bull as a burnt offering. So Gideon took ten of his servants and did as the Lord had told him. But because he was afraid of his family and the men of the town, he did it at night rather than in the daytime. In the morning, when the men of the town got up, there was Baal's altar, demolished with the Asherah pole beside it cut down and the second bull sacrificed on the newly built altar. They asked each other, who did this? When they carefully investigated, they were told, Gideon, son of Joash, did it. The men of the town demanded of Joash, bring out your son, he must die, because he has broken down Baal's altar and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. But Joash replied to the hostile crowd around him, are you going to plead Baal's cause? Are you trying to save him? Whoever fights for him shall be put to death by morning. If Baal really is a god, he can defend himself when someone breaks down his altar. So that day they called Gideon Jerob Baal, saying, Let Baal contend with him, because he broke down Baal's altar. Thank you, Joan. Well, morning, everybody. Great to see you all here on this uh, dreary morning. Uh, hopefully, uh, we're not feeling particularly dreary in here. Uh, well, not at the beginning of my sermon anyway. So uh, I'll see if I can rectify that. So we're now on to the third week in our sermon series, Gideon, Loving God, Living His Adventure. That's what we've been exploring now for three weeks. And I hope you've been able to keep up with the sermons so far. There's been two. In week one, we explored how Gideon and his fellow Israelites were crying out to God. And last week, Steve led us through the account of when Israel and Gideon were met by God in this place of fear. And today we're exploring how Gideon and the rest of Israel were called to be dedicated to God. So this seems like as good a point as any to pause for a joke. Yes, groaning already, yes, I know. A church family held a service to dedicate their newly born baby to God. After the dedication, the baby's older brother sobbed all the way home in the back seat of the car. His mum and dad asked him repeatedly what was wrong, but they got no reply, just more sobbing and wailing. Finally, the boy replied, the vicar said he wanted us to be brought up in a Christian home, but I want to stay with you. Today we're going to see how being dedicated to God asks quite a number of challenging things of us and these challenging things in every bit of our lives. And I uh, was struck really this week as I prayed and thought about this sermon as I prepared just how challenging it is uh, to us 
and to myself as I was as I was thinking about this. And so we're going to explore these things together. Today we join Gideon in a high place at the site of Gideon's family shrine. This high place may have originally been a venue for worshipping Yahweh, the Lord God. But gradually over time and almost without the people even noticing, the site took on the religious flavour of other cultures, of the surrounding cultures. And so now the place had become a religious pick and mix. The Lord was no longer the only one honoured in that place. How could God tolerate this? How could he? The relationship with his people must be exclusive. He requires his people's total and absolute devotion. And of course he still does today. And so this begs the question for us. In what ways has our worship, has our church community taken on the flavour of the surrounding culture in ways that dishonour God? There are many potential ways. But here's just one example. In what ways do we participate in our church community as consumers like we do in our consumer culture? We speak of wanting the worship and prayer products of our choice. And we coat it all in talk about what we might receive from God. But is this attitude healthy? Is it truly selfless? Is it God-centered? We allow others to lead and pray and play music and serve coffee and welcome and preach all on our behalf with very little effort on our part if we're not on the rota, obviously if we're able to be. How is this fully engaging with the worship of the Lord? At times we offer our opinions willingly and back them up unwillingly or not at all. How is this making a positive difference for the gospel? We find it easier some ways at some times to live a double life, just like the Israelites did, probably through fear. And we run the risk of never quite reaching that point of total devotion to God and to his plans for our lives and our church community. And attitudes and approaches like that, they creep up on us gradually without us even noticing. Of course, I'm not saying that we should want our church to be culture free that's just not possible but perhaps here is a challenge from Gideon's adventure to weed out the unhelpful cultural influences but to keep the helpful ones so that we can be dedicated to God alone and in facing up to this very challenge Gideon opens up for us a number of issues and encouragements and we're going to look at these together as I say And as we do, I'd like you to keep this question in mind. How can Gideon's experience help us to do what we need to do and to be who we need to be so that we're dedicated to God on the adventure that he's leading us into? Firstly then, the first thing we see is that God required Gideon to put his own home in order. You'll notice that there was no lengthy period between God's call to Gideon in the wine press and his first assignment. There was no time to get used to the idea, no putting off what God wanted of him, no further time of preparation, no prayer, no training, no mentoring. Gideon's first task comes immediately and it's close at hand. 
this mighty warrior, as God has called him, who is to overthrow the oppression of Midian and draw his people back to a close relationship with God, firstly had to put things right in his own home. Now this is tough. It really is tough. But we know it's true. Our personal worship, our calling, our work, our devotion to God begins at home. To live fruitfully and faithfully for Christ at work, amongst our friends, in the pub, at the gym, in our church community, in our neighborhood, we must live fruitfully and faithfully for Christ at home. Living out our faith at home is the foundation for the rest of life. But let's be honest, and we really need to be honest about this. It's not easy. And it's okay to say it's not easy. Because there are all sorts of dynamics and stresses and strains and problems and challenges and issues being thrown at us at home. Hopefully not literally. But they are. But Gideon shows us that God requires this. He asks Gideon to tear down the family altar. To get rid of the unhelpful focus that was drawing the attention of the family. The very thing that was taking their attention from God. That's what it was for Gideon. How about you and me? What in your home draws your attention from God? What in my home? And how on earth can we tear down these things? Some years ago, friends of ours, really good friends, Jason and Ulrika, they lived opposite us in Luton. They hit crisis point. Jason was stressed up to the eyeballs at work and it was affecting family life because he became unwell. And things got really quite bad for them. They prayed, they asked for advice and they began to make changes. And with God's help, problems were faced and they were dealt with and new possibilities opened up and they began to see the light and they began to see how they could work a way forward. They faced up to these things. They realized there was things that were drawing them away from God, that were taking their attention. That's personally speaking. But how about our church family? What about our church home? What does God want us to tear down amongst our church community so that we can go and live fruitfully and faithfully for Christ on our front lines, the places where God has sent us, to those places of work, our family, our friends? I encourage each of us to think about this seriously and to ask God for his help. Secondly then, we see from today's passage that Gideon courageously gets stuck in to God's adventure. He threw himself in. Now back in September, the church staff team reflected on an extract from a speech given by US President Theodore Roosevelt. And he gave this speech in Paris in 1910. And it was a real encouragement to us as a staff team. And I'm going to read this uh, little passage for you now. It's not the critic who counts. Not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles. Or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena. Whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood. Who strives valiantly. Who errs who comes short again and again because there's no effort without error 
and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails whilst daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls, cold and timid souls, who neither know victory nor defeat. As we see from our Bible passage, Gideon is in the arena. His face is marred by blood and sweat and dust. He's daring greatly because God has asked him to. To what extent then are we in the arena as members of Christ Church Basin Hill? How dedicated are we to God at home, at work and in church? How much are we joining in with what God is doing at this time? How committed are we to the vision God is inspiring? How prepared are we to continue on his adventure? Is your face marred with blood and sweat and dust doing what God is asking you to do? Or are you and I more like the critic who points out how the strong man stumbles or how the doer of deeds could have done them better? Our role as Christians is to get stuck in like Gideon and to make a stand for the Lord, even if that involves making mistakes, coming up short, being vulnerable, going out of our comfort zone. Our place should never be, never, with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. We're to love God by following the call into his adventure, and we're to encourage others to do the same through our prayer, through our worship, through our behavior, and in our relationships. We're to commit ourselves, our time, our prayer, our skills, all to helping make God's vision a reality, to help share God's love with others, all by daring greatly. This is how we'll be dedicated to God. Another vicar from Camden in North London recently told me the story of a guy who'd left his comfortable home to live within one of the roughest estates in North London. By being a caring friend to lonely, isolated and angry people, this guy is coming alongside them, building relationships in a Christ-like way. This man is in the arena and he's daring greatly. So if that was the second thing we pick up from Gideon's experience, then the third point is this. Joash also did a brave thing. Even though the community is outraged at Gideon's tearing down, his father Joash is measured and he's calm. He stuck up for his son, even though it was his own altar, the family altar, that had been wrecked. This must have been the first step in the renewal of Joash's own relationship with the Lord. The light bulb had come on for him. Notice Joash didn't get caught up in the crowd's outrage. He didn't question the vision that God had begun to share with Israel through Gideon. He instantly began to see that this unpalatable approach actually held the potential to lead Israel back to God. He might not have liked it, but when push came to shove, he backed it. We need some Joashes in our church community. 
People who will calmly but bravely support all that needs to be torn down and will back the new vision that God is giving, even if it seems unpalatable, even if it seems to go against some strongly held beliefs and instincts within the community, even if others react strongly, even if personally you wish God had chosen another way to do it. Those who will be open and not closed to all that God is doing and in their own way will join in. Doing nothing, standing for nothing, is not an option if you're a Joash. I know there are already a number of Joashes in our church community. They may not fully understand the vision God is giving us. They may not like all of it. It might make them feel quite uncomfortable. But nevertheless, they see that it's God's vision and they're backing it. And they're backing me and they're backing the PCC and our leaders and our staff team. So here's the question. Is God calling you to be a Joash? So then fourthly and finally, we see from Gideon's experience one final thing. That God asked him to build something new. Notice that God didn't tell him to just wait around or to put things off. Neither did God encourage him to go about just complaining or grumbling. Gideon didn't pick holes in God's plan. Not like a Moses or an Abraham did at times. He threw himself in. Even though God's plan was radical and different. And would certainly upset the apple cart. And Gideon knew that. You notice in our reading today. He he did the tearing down at night. Because he knew it would upset the townspeople. And having torn down things that were very close to home. And cleared the way for something new. He built a proper kind of altar to the Lord God. Just as he was instructed to do. This was positive. It was bold. And it went against the grain. When we've torn down the things that stand in the way of God's new plan for us. How will each of us contribute to the building of a proper kind of altar? A church community that is different, yes. But freshly dedicated to God and his loving purposes through Christ in all the world. What bold and positive contribution Is God asking you to make? And where will he send you? There's um, a story on uh, the web. You can find it in the Fresh Expressions uh, website of a cafe. It's called Kahila. And you can find that if you do a search. It's spelled K-A-H-A-I-L-A. And four years ago, a few Christians were going uh, down Brick Lane in London on a Sunday And it was vibrant. It was a fantastic place to be. It seemed like everybody in London had turned out to this place. And uh, there was all sorts. There was a religious pick and mix going on there. You could have tarot reading. You could have your palm read. You could buy your your vegetables. You could have a coffee. Whatever it was. And people were loving this. But what they noticed was there was no Christian presence at all. Not any bit of it. And yet there was plenty of churches around and about. You know, probably... A stone's throw away. And so they thought, hold on a minute. God's calling us to do something about this. And they set up a cafe, had a vision for a cafe. And they bought this dilapidated place. And they did it up. And they renovated this place. And they have the vision to be one of the best cafes, if not the best cafe, in London. And it's going amazingly. 
this Christian community by being a presence in this place every Sunday and not just in this cafe, walking the market, talking to people, inviting them in, offering them hospitality. It's making a massive difference. People are coming to faith in Jesus and they're being baptized this year and every year. It's an amazing vision. They did something bold and they did something new. It was their way of building a proper altar to the Lord God in that place where there was none, not one. So to finish, as you look to live fruitfully and faithfully for Christ at home, as you courageously get stuck into God's adventure, as you bravely support all that needs to be torn down to make way for God's radical new vision, and as you positively look to help build a church dedicated to God, I encourage you to do so with our own vision in mind. This is the vision that everyone had the opportunity to feed into three years ago, which was prayed over and collaboratively written by the PCC, our elected body that oversees our church. This vision was published and made available two years ago. And in case you've lost your copy, you can get a digital copy from Joyce in the office, or there are some paper copies available in the foyer this morning. It will also be available at every prayer station during our 24 hours of prayer, which I really, really hope you're going to commit to be a part of. It's going to be different stations in here, different ways of engaging in prayer, really imaginative, very creative, and it helps us to cover all the themes that we've been covering through this sermon series. My encouragement to us all is to allow ourselves to be dedicated to God by facing up to these challenges, just as Gideon did. Amen.